So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt and I. I hope you enjoyed listening to us provide our thoughts on Christopher Nolan's latest blockbuster hit, Oppenheimer, as well as going through his catalog of um, filmography. So now for episode 117 of Easy Conversations, I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt, so it's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great day right now. We have an awesome episode for you tonight. Um, it will not be about movies at all. It's going to be a little different. Eric, why don't you let everybody know what we're going to be talking about? Yeah, we're doing something different on this one, which I'm very excited to get into, honestly, because it's something I feel like I have a lot to say on all of this. that we're, And it's relatable to pretty much everyone who's listening right now. We're going to be going over some proper workplace etiquette. In whatever different workplace that you work in, you will find something on these lists that Matt and I have both prepared that you can relate to, that you've experienced at work yourself. There, there are probably thousands of other incidents that you could think of while we go through this discussion there, but it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of listener submissions actually, so what I've done is just compiled them all into the list that I had worked on. And we'll not be saying who submitted what. No, not trying to expose anybody for their pet peeves at work. So keeping it general, I'll be the mouthpiece for all the listeners, <laughs> as well as a few of my own sprinkled in there. And Matt has his list prepared as well. So we'll go back and forth, sharing one at a time, and just giving our opinions on those uh, points. And we're going to try to hopefully give some um, advice to everyone for how they should act in the workplace, um, to follow some behaviors, and to avoid other um, behaviors at work. So the first one that I want us to start off discussing was one that it was actually asked that I put this into a poll to let the people vote on what their opinions were on this, which is, is it acceptable to take your shoes off at work while in your own cubicle, just to be clear? So this has been brought up with my group of friends. I sent some snaps to some people had my shoes off at work. I'll just say it right now. I'm the cause of this debate here. I, I take yeah. my shoes off at work. It is what it is. I feel extremely comfortable when I get to work when I have my shoes off. It's kind of a, a relief to take off that constricting kind of ski boot-esque piece of article of clothing, I guess, around my foot. It feels liberating. And yeah, I mean, it's just for me, it's way more comfortable. And the split was kind of... Um, more 50-50 than I thought it would have been. It was 40% in favor of yes, you can take your shoes off and 60% in favor of no, you shouldn't. So a lot of my friends thought that this was going to be a landslide towards the nose, but clearly there are quite a few people who think along the same lines as me here. So this is a controversial one. I think it's fine to take your shoes off. Rambled enough about this. Matt, what are your thoughts on that? I believe I voted no, you should not... You should keep your shoes on, basically. Let, let, let me start off this episode by saying I have very limited cubicle or office experience. I only worked in an office for a year and a half. What I will be talking about tonight is going to be like in a manufacturing environment, in a big factory setting, the etiquette. But um, back to the shoes. I just, the, the, what did it for me, Eric, was when you wrote cubicle, not an enclosed space like your own office. There will be people around possible smells too you don't want to gross anybody out i think it's proper etiquette to keep your shoes on just so you know not to gross out anyone basically although have we gotten so prim and proper as a society that we can't 
we have to keep our shoes on now like to not enrage anyone are we at that era like someone's gonna call you out i just think for hygienic purposes you should keep your shoes on now eric are you telling me like you're minty fresh down there like you're not gonna take them off if you've got holes in your socks or you know we're walking in them all day Oh, yeah, no, the sock game is proper. And that's also a reason why I take the shoes off is so people can see the socks that I wear and ah. bask in their glory. But I will say, I agree with you. Like, if you have smelly shoes or smelly feet, you probably shouldn't be letting those puppies breathe and stink up the floor. But the in the situation, situation that I'm describing here, there aren't that many people who are going to be coming into your cubicle anyways. I agree. Mm. If you have a closed, if you have a door to your office, then it's fair game. You can do whatever you want in there. But yeah. within reason, of course. But having <laughs> shoes off in a cubicle, I don't think it's that crazy because you do have walls that are high up enough. And like I said, people aren't moving around that much, especially anymore in the post-COVID era. People kind of tend to just stick to themselves a little more want to just hang out in inside their three walls in that cubicle area. And I will say if you are caught in a busy day where like you're in a bunch of meetings via Zoom or you're doing some presentations, a lot of stressful work, your shoes can get, your feet can get a little uh, sweaty. And then yeah. when you take your shoes off, then it feels like truly disgusting because there, there's been water accumulating in the socks, creating a puddle that is swamp-like characteristics that end up smelling, causing the floor to smell a little worse. That's why I get ahead of that. I have sweaty feet by nature. I take my shoes off right away. And mm-hmm. they're at their peak hygienic status when I take my shoes off. I put them back on, of course, and I go walk around, go to the washroom, okay. lunch, okay. all of that. Of course, I don't walk around the okay. floor, shoes off. Have I done that before? Of course. But on a regular basis, I am putting my shoes back on. So that's kind of where I stand on that. Okay. I'm not looking to convince anybody here. Although I will say what the polls don't reflect is that I had this conversation with people at my work. Three of them showed outright support towards the shoes off. And I actually caught one of my coworkers without shoes on in his cubicle the other day. Sits right across from me. Didn't smell a thing. So I think we should maybe go into... 2023 is a more open mind in terms of mm-hmm. what sort of acceptable footwear is in an office setting. Now that I have a greater understanding and you providing me explanations, I, I'm more on your side now. I can see your side now, Eric. Like you're not walking everywhere without your shoes. You're not. The, the cubicles are good enough, a good enough barrier. Uh, I guess my first reaction when I saw that Instagram story was like, oh, I don't want to see anyone's stinky feet or stuff. I remember at university, a lot of people would be wearing like the sandals, no socks, like wearing like their bare footwear everywhere in class. And that grossed me out. Um, I do, Eric, have, like I said, limited office cubicle experience. I only worked in like a 10 man office and everyone had their shoes on. Um, but no, honestly, I, I bet you it's a sensitive topic too, right? Like you just said, like a lot of people have an opinion on that at the government or any office environment where there's lots of cubicles. It's, uh, it's definitely like a hotly debated topic. I didn't even know it was that, like when you posted that, I had that, what that would never have made my list in a hundred years or it's not even something I think about. Right. Um, but, uh, I bet you there's a lot of other things like that too, right? Like if we want to go into more things like taking your shoes off but what about etiquette wise like 
perfumes, you know, don't wear strong cologne. That that was one on my list. If you want to kick it off, I'll kick it off now. We have like signs at our work. Don't wear perfume or cologne that's strong. Um, it does bother a lot of people. It doesn't bother me, but I, a lot of other people it bothers. In my opinion, I mean, I'd rather smell that than your BO, right? So, but it is like catching a strong whiff of something. It's also off-putting too, right, Eric? We're like, what's your thought on strong perfume or cologne? I thought for sure you were going to say, I'd rather smell that than your stinky feet. But like, <laughs> oh, 100% <shit>. agreed. <laughs> like, um, us too, there's signs at... Um, at, in the office saying or strongly strongly suggesting that people should not wear colognes and perfumes because there are a lot of people who are sensitive to it i've never really have been honestly there was the other day actually i did have an encounter with someone who did wear like strong cologne and it definitely not took me aback but i was like oh okay yeah you don't uh, <laughs> You don't come across it as much nowadays, I feel like, as well. But I, I I agree with you. I'd rather smell something that smells good than something that smells bad. So I'm not yeah. strongly opposed to it or anything. I mean, in respecting others, I think it's probably for the best to not because I know it does bother people. Clearly, they put signs up for that reason. I used to wear cologne back in the day, like more in like a going out setting. Not really. Mm -hmm. I've never worn cologne at work. I don't wear Me cologne either. anymore, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's definitely, it smells better than feet. That's for sure. And I will just say on that topic, that was the most engagement we've ever gotten on a post on Easy Conversations Instagram. <laughs> the, the voters couldn't cast their ballots fast enough. It was just updating. It, it was pretty wild. So I might have to start putting more polls up like that. That gets the engagement up. So thank you everyone who voted for that. So yeah, that's my take on the cologne though. And uh, All right. Yeah. Do you want me to read another one, Eric, or kick us off with the listeners? Uh... Sure. I mean, I've, I've kind of just sandwiched them all in here, but I have an idea yeah. of who's who gave me what. So I'll go with one that was from a listener is don't have meetings that run over time, which I'm mm. a strong advocate for this. I absolutely hate when a meeting goes over time. If anything, the classic quote that people say when a meeting ends quickly earlier is oh, i'll give you back uh, eight minutes to your day like you're not giving me anything back like you don't own this time but which yeah. is an annoying saying to hear because it's over it's a classic government line but i'd much rather hear that than a meeting that goes on for an extra 15 minutes when a lot of time that was spent in this meeting was not spent addressing the issues that were all gathered there to meet so the only reason we're going over time is because we got derailed talking about stuff that had nothing to do with why we're there so Unless it's for a productive purpose, I agree meetings should never go over time. Like I said, unless it's for a productive reason though. Because time is a valuable currency at work. We all have things to do. A lot of us like in government where I work right now, there's meetings all the time. So there's little time that you can actually get work done. And if a meeting goes over time that you were counting on having that extra time to work on your things, it encroaches on that. That is a problem. So... I'm a strong proponent for if a, if it's 12 and that's when the meeting ends, especially that's lunchtime, say, okay, we're at our allotted time. Thanks, everybody. We'll meet again tomorrow to continue this discussion. Like, just end it. Even if it's stone cold, cut it at the time that, it, that we set for it, is my opinion. Um, that's a very good one. I'm not, I'm going to just place myself in one of your yeah, government, like office workers' shoes. Like, I'm guessing also you have a tight schedule. Meeting goes over time, you're bumping everything back. Let's say you have another meeting right after, right? I don't do any meetings, thank God. 
but uh, it just throws your whole day off kilter, right, Eric? Like it just delays everything, and you plan your. You got your. I mean, I'm assuming Eric, your day's like very well structured and planned, maybe with a bit of leeway, but like that just derails everything. I'm guessing. Well, actually, thankfully, that's the best case scenario. Is if you have a meeting that's you can see isn't nowhere near being done, but you have something scheduled. Let's say it goes till ten, and you have something else at ten. You can be like, yeah, I have something at ten. I gotta hop off. That's the best uh, case okay. scenario. I love having a back-to-back meeting for that reason it's really having nothing after a meeting can be a curse especially if they say like oh can everyone stick around for another 10 that's like oh. is everyone around for another half hour really and it's brutal like you you don't want that you need that time in between sometimes to just decompress and like i said i don't want to repeat myself about going over time but i think you have a set time cut it there you need if you need more time schedule another meeting like it's yeah. it's not life or death out here do you ever have, Eric, the like meeting at the end, of, like the last thing of the day and it's going long and oh. you just want to go home all the time? That's the worst, honestly. Yeah. And the best case for me is if those meetings happen, if I'm at home, it's not the end of the world. But if I'm actually, it's one of my two days in the office and I have a three o'clock to four o'clock meeting. First of all, the traffic gets so much worse every five minutes after three o'clock. Like the closer you get to four, which yeah. is when I leave, is brutal and every minute after four is even worse so i'm praying those meetings end early so i'm even even able to sometimes leave a little early if i'm able to get more work done during the day and be like hey i can leave at 355 today kind of thing but if Mm -hmm. a meeting goes over four and you're in the office like there's nothing you can do you have to tough it out there and um that's just horrible because then you know you've added compound interest of traffic out there yeah that's a very good one um my next one's completely different like I, I'll elaborate a bit more about what I said earlier. The environment I work in is super blue collar. A lot of people work on heavy machinery, on giant printing presses. Basically, it's very essential to have like a lot of materials everywhere. It's basically like a factory environment. Just that's all I need to say. You know, like Attack of the Clones when the droid factory. You know, like that type of stuff. <laughs> Assembly nice. lines. No, not quite. That that. I'm just pre. I'm just saying all this to say like the people I work with are not like the same type of people that will be at like the government's office. You know, we're more rough around the edges, or at least like I don't think I am, but like a lot of other people are. You scream rough around the edges. I don't think. I hope not. <laughs> but uh, all that to say, and I think Zach can relate with me too for, with construction, right? Same type of environment. But my my thing, my don't is don't dish it out. And then don't like not being able to take it. Don't dish it out if you can't take it. Basically, what I'm saying is in my environment, there's a lot of chirps throwing around. There's a lot of like friendly banter that sometimes turns a little like not insulting, but like, you know, there's a lot of chirping, like I said. And there's so many times I witnessed this somebody like chirping everybody, a guy chirping everybody. And then as soon as you start giving it back, they get mad or they storm off, they take it personally. And in my head, I'm like, Buddy, you were just there doing the same thing a minute ago. It's a good life lesson in general, actually. Don't do not do others. Like, if you don't want to be chirped, stop chirping everyone. And sadly, I work in an environment where, like, that happens every day. Jokes are flying left and right. And by jokes, I mean, like, you know, like some, like, golf course chirping or I'm sure you've experienced it, Eric. Um, but this happens every day. I witness it every day. Like, I joke around as much as the next person, but I take the jokes, too, and I laugh and... You just got to take it. Um, it's all part of like team building and, you know, you be, you, uh, 
you work well with others if you can adapt to the environment and you don't want to be like the outsider. So anyways, basically don't dish it out if you can't take it. Eric, anything going on like that at the government or, you know, like someone being a little too loud or chirping and then like he can't take any of his own medicine or... Oh, for sure. Like, I think you'll see that in like, like you said, any line of work and people forget, you know, and this is a perfect opportunity to remind everyone that I did work multiple summers in the construction game Ah. back in the day. So I just had to throw that in there. So I've definitely seen my fair share of those moments where like, no jokes, chirps are flying in on breaks or not while we worked really there, mostly on break. And I remember that I worked the first summer I worked construction with this one guy his name was Eric as well, and he went by the pseudonym Irish. That was his nickname. And this guy was not a fan of me because, like, obviously my dad was his boss and thought that I had it, like, just made because like, I didn't have to work as hard. I was just there to help out, and, like, I, I, don't know, I had an inside track on the construction world or whatever. Well, anyways, mm-hmm. I don't really know what his mentality was, but he wasn't a fan of me. And he would like just give it to me too, and I would like take it. You know, I'm trying to joke back a bit, but not not never say anything too crazy back to him. But I remember one mm-hmm. time I said something like kind of kind of disrespectful to him. Honestly, <laughs> I thought this guy was gonna kill me. On honestly, like, I was scared, and he ended up getting let go like not too long after. And I remember talking to the foreman like, yo, this guy's going to come after me. Like he's going to like slash my tires or something. <laughs> oh my God. I was, I was 18 too. And I forget if I said that already there, but uh, yeah, I was definitely scared because he's obviously a bigger guy than me. But yeah. So I, sometimes I think it's a good lesson too to like not take yourself too seriously in general. It goes along mm-hmm. the same lines of like, if you don't dish it out, if you can't take it or at least take it, if you dish it out. Right. Yeah. But no, there's definitely that at work. Like, I, I definitely chirp people I work with all the time. Oh yeah. And then, but then when people give it back to me, like today, there are people, some people are making fun of me and I was laughing along too. Like, it's funny. Like you don't want to be that guy or that person who like, gets super sensitive. Anytime someone makes fun of you a bit, like it, it, it brings everyone together too to laugh at someone as long as it's all in good fun. So yeah. I, I don't mind being that person too, but I definitely, I get in there too. I, I let the chirps fly a little. Maybe that's the construction in me that comes out in those situations. But uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one for sure. I'll go with one again that um, definitely was more a thing pre COVID. I think now our perceptions on sickness has changed a bit. We're a little more aware and informed on how we should act when we're sick, but it's don't come into work when you're sick. That was a Mm. huge thing I used to see a lot is you hear people roll in there, maybe an, a cubicle across from you, sneezing, snot running down their friggin' just disgusting phlegm when they're talking and acting like they're heroes for coming into the office. It's like, you are not, a friggin', you're not the star here. You're actually the problem right now. You're getting us all sick. You're ruining our upcoming vacations, our weekend plans. I'm on eggshells now the whole day thinking like, oh, am I going to get sick because this person sitting across yeah. from me sneezing her brains out? You know what I mean? So definitely a huge bad buzz. You have sick leave or in m- most jobs you do, it's there for that. Like, you know what I mean? And I think now with COVID people are like, if they do come in the office in my line of work anyways, like they'll wear a mask, but I still hear it sometimes. Like there was a few weeks ago, I heard someone constantly coughing 
and I was just on edge. They were sitting kind of around me too. I'm like, oh God, like I'm not leaving my cubicle all day. And I pretty much didn't, honestly. So <laughs> it, it makes for an uncomfortable day at work and it's really not worth it. You're no, your boss is not going to be happy or, oh my God, I have to give this person a promotion because they came in on the day that they're coughing like crazy. You know what I mean? It's like, no, they'll probably tell you to go home. You're not impressing anybody. That's my take. Don't come into work when you're sick. That's a really good one. I love that you said like they think they're a hero for coming in. Like, look, I'm I'm sick. I'm sick, and I still came into work. No, like you said, it pisses everybody off. I used to see that all the time pre-COVID. Uh, I admittedly even did it once myself. I came in and knew I was sick, and they sent me home right away. And I was like, you know what? I was new at the company though. I I I, I felt like I I was I was ashamed that I was sick. Like I was like, oh, I still have to show up to work. But they told me like, no, no, you're sick. You go home. So I was thankful. But uh, that's a whole different reason. But yeah, you're not like a freaking soldiering on like, oh, yeah, I can work through this cough or no, you're going to infect everybody. That's a really good one. I don't have that one on my list, but that's an excellent one. Like it's a badge and a badge of honor for them. Right. Purple hearts. I didn't miss a day last year. Yeah, but you came in sick and you're. It's just it just looks bad. People yeah. love bragging about that too. Eh? Like, oh, I haven't taken oh, yeah. a sick day in five years. Like, cool. Hey, <laughs> good for you. Yeah, we have sick days for a reason. Yeah. No, I don't even hesitate now if I'm sick. I don't want to show up to work because I know everyone's gonna look down. Like, why are you here? Mm-hmm. Stay home. Yeah, that's a really good one. My next one is don't call out slash criticize staff in front of other staff. Mm. Um, bad-mouthing people, trash-talking people. Listen, I know we all gossip. We're human. I gossip, you gossip. But I'm talking about more like in front of an audience, reprimand someone for their work or bully them or chirp them to the point. Like, basically, there's a way of doing it, taking them to your office and doing it one-on-one. I don't like when it's done to... Like, if it was done to me, I would hate that too. I'd rather the manager manager take me by himself and and tell me what's wrong like if we have a problem so if you have a problem basically like go don't go bad mouthing someone go talk to them directly um there's a lot of staff where i work we have lots of problems every day there's always something going on gossip or drama so just right settle it 1v1 and if there's a problem just talk to that person where in my department it that works great because there's only one girl and we're all guys and we get along good. We, we say to our faces if we have a problem. I know some departments with all women, there's a lot of like backstabbing gossip going on. But uh, yeah, just don't like, don't criticize people in front of other people. Um, those people will also think like, oh, if they're trashy talking me in front of, if they're trash talking somebody else, I wonder what they're saying about me. Like when I'm not around, that always goes through my head, right? So I try not to do that either and something that's very important in my opinion. Yeah, a lot of good points there, Matt. Like it's it's such an easy thing to do as well to want to criticize people like as a way to create conversation amongst mm. coworkers. Like, oh like can mm. you believe this person said that? Like if you're talking about someone, it's an easy thing to fall into. And it it's really something that we should all steer away from because like you said, especially if you're the person who's leading that discussion. Not a good look for you, first of all. And then the others who are there, let's say you're talking to two people. They're like, okay, I, I kind of agree with what he, he's saying. But like, 
is he talking about me like this to other two, yeah. two other people on the team at the same time, like a different time or whatever? It's just not good. It festers a negative, uh, fosters a negative environment as well. And it's just not really good for team morale in general. You want to be bringing people together rather than putting them on their own islands. You don't want to be, yeah, it's a bad look to, to do that to someone, honestly, to expose them like that. You're not accomplishing anything. It's really yeah. your own insecurities that are coming through here to try to make yourself look better by calling someone out in front of everyone else. And a lot of people can see through that too. I had a situation like that. I'm not going to give a breakdown of what the situation was at work there, but it's definitely happened. Like someone made a comment about someone in a meeting and it was not smooth at all. People mm. were talking about it after like, well, like, can you believe that person said that? And it's just not a good look. Then people change their perception on the person who made the comment. And uh, it just doesn't really accomplish. It accomplishes nothing at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You're making that person uncomfortable. And then you're making the other people around you kind of turn against you needlessly. Yes. So it's, yeah, just don't do it. It's an easy one. Uh, I'll go with another one that came from listeners. And as well, I had something along the same lines here, which was don't be that person who doesn't know when to stop talking. And Mm. I had mine. I'll sandwich these two in there is don't be the person who makes grandiose updates to make yourself sound important. They're kind of similar, also different. But the person who, like, in a team meeting, if we're all going around and saying, like, oh, I've done this the last week, blah, 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 and just really beefing up everything they've done, going on for 15 minutes on end. I used to work with some people back back in the day that would go on for what felt like hours, just giving the longest updates on what they've done. And at that point, I don't even think people are listening, really. It's just, like, you want to hear yourself talk and sound like you're getting everything done. I I abide by a short and sweet update. If it's 60 seconds or less, you nailed it. Just give me the Coles notes. If they have questions on what you're doing, they'll ask you, your manager in this situation. You don't need to go on forever. Bore everyone out of their minds and just, yeah, just kind of not know when to stop talking. And it also applies for in a personal setting too at work. If you just go off about like what you did that weekend, I kind of like to, get that vibe going at work of being able to talk about stuff that we do in our personal lives and all that. But within reason, you don't want to be that person that goes off. Like, for example, I was just in Akron, Ohio to visit some family for five days. I told people like, yeah, we're down there with a few cousins. My brother was a great time. We did this, that that's it. I'm not going into granular Mm -hmm. details about went to the casino from 10 PM to 2 AM. And then from 2 AM to like, you know what I mean? Like there's no need to get into those kind of specifics that applies in life, to be honest. But I think at work, especially like people don't care that much about what you're doing outside of work. You know what I mean? So those would be yeah. the two I'm rolling up into one there. And I'll roll it up again with the one I wrote down, which was pretty, it's the same thing. It's pretty much like, don't be too loud. AKA keep, keep your mouth shut. It's not more for like meeting updates. It's more for like, like, there's always a guy at the cafeteria at work. He's, you can hear his voice over above any everybody else's. He's obnoxious. Don't be obnoxious, basically. Don't be loud and obnoxious. Because that rubs everyone the wrong way. And those people think they have an audience in front of them all the time and think they're smarter than they are. And you get a bad vibe. Everyone at my work that does that 
it has a reputation for that and it's not a good look and they come off as like pretentious and like oh like we we have it's very mechanical on my work like fixing things and like there's the, the ones that are loud always think they know everything and guess what they don't and they get called out hard in the end don't be loud and obnoxious can kind of tie into what you just said eric that's there's nothing more annoying than frank i like i don't do meetings like you guys but i i'd be like ripping my hairs out of my head if this guy kept going on and on about something and it's like okay let's go we don't want this meeting to go over over the time right we also have people where I work where they just don't shut up. Like, do your work, dude. Stop talking. If you're gonna talk, you better you bet your you better be freaking working at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing where I work is if you're not moving your hands while talking, like you'll get noticed instantly and your production will suffer. And people notice that stuff right away. So just don't be a blabbermouth. Don't be loud and obnoxious. Um, that's a really good one. I'm glad the listeners and you had that too. Yeah. Um, my next one I'll say is it's very broad, but like I'll I'll give specific examples. But like mine is don't be shy, but more like say like be friendly, say good morning. At my where I work, we have a lot of people working in the building, and right away when I started, I was told like you got to be be friendly, say good morning. People are big on that where I work, saying good morning and hi, even if you don't know exactly know the person's name or so but you still be friendly and you know what i i was really friendly when i started now i get along well with everybody because i wasn't shy i was confident um i'm you you work in an office too with a ton of employees and you might not know everybody's name or might not even know who it is but saying good morning i think in my opinion goes a long way you know if you act if if you're gonna act nice and like be positive basically and if you're going to be friendly i think good things come to you in the end if you're going to be anti-social and shy i think that's eventually going to like bite you in the butt in my opinion at least where i work it does because you get a reputation for being like kind of like oh you're not good enough to talk to us which i'm portraying my work as very like strict here and you know what it's a hell of a it's very unique workplace in my opinion but uh be friendly say good morning um, don't be shy basically is my next one any thoughts on that eric yeah no i think it's a good attitude to have in that for me it's a little different though because on my floor for example like my team that i work with who are like less than 10 people i try yeah. to make a point to go see them in their cubicle and say hi when i when i well i'm normally one of the first ones in the office on my team there but then when I leave my cubicle, whatever, I will do the round, say, hi, how's it going and all that. Mm-hmm. But as far as crossing other people who, for me, there's people from different areas on my floor. I have zero clue who they are. I don't say hi to them straight up. Okay. I will not nod at them. If anything, I might even look cold when I walk by them because I'm just like listening to music or not smiling at them or whatever. And I definitely could go above like out of my way to say say hello good morning it's a good vibe like if someone holds the door for me or vice versa i will say oh no problem thank you whatever going in the elevator with someone i'm not saying hi to them straight up and Mm -hmm. i for me like that's kind of expected in the office like i don't think everyone wants everyone to say hi to each other but it definitely does feel good when you come across someone who's very friendly and welcoming and says like hey how's it going i'll definitely say hi back but I won't initiate a hello to everybody I see. It could get exhausting as well. And 
I think some people would also be like, all right, like just leave me alone kind of thing. But that also, I keep that attitude though. When I go on walks, I feel like I've already talked about this before there. When I cross people, when I'm out on a, like just leisurely walk around the block, I'll say hi to people there for sure, because we're all there kind of doing this for the same reason, getting exercise Mm -hmm. and getting some fresh air, which is Mm -hmm. interesting though, because at work, we're all there for the same reason is to make some money, provide for our families, Mm -hmm. make a livelihood. But people aren't in that same headspace when they're at the office and aren't as willing to communicate to people they don't really know. But I do think it is Mm -hmm. a good look overall, though, because then it makes you seem like a positive and friendly person. I don't know if it's something I'll be adopting personally, like saying hi to everybody, but I try Mm -hmm. to do the best I can. Like for on my team, always say hi to them. Hi and bye. Before I leave, I go do the round, say bye to everybody for sure. That's fair. And and you have way more different. You have you have a bigger variety of employees at the government. I mean, I work with a lot of, like there's a lot of people where I work, but like you dwarf, you were just a little like uh, a small fish compared to the government. Um, I see the same faces day in, day out, even though there's like more than a hundred, I still like, I know everyone's name and stuff, but yeah, no, that makes sense, Eric. I'll go with another one that was from a listener, which was strolling into someone's workplace without knocking. So this could be, you don't necessarily have to have an office a door in this situation, but imagine maybe someone who has their own office. Or for me, I would just say like yeah. my own cubicle, someone who walks in uninvited. I don't mind it personally. I used to be that person who would go around often, ah. walk around and just kick it at someone's desk for like longer than I should have and just chat. And especially if it's not work related, I can understand that people would be annoyed I, now I, I enjoy it. I like when someone comes into my cubicle and we just kick it for a bit, a nice little break from work because like we don't have as many human interactions as much anymore at work. Like It's only twice a week for me. And it doesn't happen all that often that people always come to my desk, but I enjoy it personally. But I can understand mm-hmm. how if you're trying to get some work done and people just come in barging in unannounced, uninvited, and just want to talk about their fantasy baseball league that could be annoying. I could definitely see that. What are your thoughts on that, Matt? Well, we have, we don't have a lot of office. Like I, we deal with more departments and it's frowned up. Like you don't go strolling to someone else's department unannounced. And like everyone's got their own little section. And yeah, that we don't do that where we just start hanging out in another person's office. Cause it's basically like you got your own work to do. If you're here, you better be here for a reason. So basically, unless if you have a good reason to, I don't mind. Don't go just like chit-chatting and shooting the shit with a random department where I work because it's like we all have our own separate work to do. And if you come here, it's almost like you're bored or you're not doing your job or you have an easy like it just looks bad. Um, we also have like our badges and we're not even allowed to go everywhere in the building. So if somehow you bypass the the badge, the swipe, then you're really not supposed to be in that place and you're just like annoying everybody. Uh, my bosses all have offices and they're, they're super open door. Like they don't mind if we just knock and drop in and shoot the shit with them or ask them questions. Like that's fine. It's more like, don't go like bug another department and uh, like appear like you're bored or not doing anything. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> kind of a hypocrite for saying this one, but my next don't is don't date team members. Um, I wrote team members cause I was going to write, don't, don't date coworkers, but like, I'm literally doing that and I'm, I'll be marrying my coworker one day, hopefully. 
Um, but I wrote, don't date team members. Like, don't date someone in your immediate, like, that you're working closely with. My girlfriend, Mackenzie, completely different type of work at where I work. So I barely see her throughout the day. We're separated. She's management. I'm I'm in the union. Like, I'm at work. I work on the floor. But, like, I did used to date someone that was on the floor with me before her. And it was awkward after we broke up, right? Because I had to see her every day. And that's why I'm saying don't date team members. Keep that, keep those area, that area of your life separate. Uh, because, you know, what if it doesn't work out? I'm going by personal experience here. It was awkward as all hell. Sometimes even it can be like you don't want to work in the same room anymore. But is there anything like that at the government, Eric? Are you guys told, like, is that frowned upon? No, I don't think dating so. Dating a coworker. I know a lot of people who actually either are married or, yeah, mostly married. Some date people that they work with. I don't know what their stories were if they met at the government. Actually, one person I can think of off the top, I know they met their now wife at work. Um, two of my really good friends met their girlfriends through at work. I just worked straight up on the same team as them, but it's definitely a okay. touchy subject, right? It's a, like you said, if yeah. things don't work out, then it's uncomfortable. Maybe one of you tries to change jobs because of it. I've never mm-hmm. had that. I've not dated someone I've worked with, so I've never experienced that, but mm-hmm. in this situation, if it doesn't work out, then it's very uncomfortable. So I think that's a good one. But it, like I said, it can work out for some people. So I don't work directly with her every day. I don't think it would work out if every day I was like working with my girlfriend. And like that's, we'd have nothing, you know, we're very separated. So that's good. Imagine being like 24-7 attached to the hip with your partner. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's health, healthy to have that division. Definitely. And it's nice to be like also in a completely different field as well. Like you can learn through your partner's work as well like you said some time away from each other is good as well so i think there are definitely a lot of pros for um not working together and being together as well there Mm -hmm. um no that's a good one for sure another one that was a listener submission was don't overwork your high performers so you're if you're a manager in any position if you have like a go-to employee who you know can be that workhorse for you, don't drive them to a point where they're now unable to do their work because they've been overworked. I've seen that in pretty much every setting I've worked in, be that in construction where you have a top dog who's normally the one who has to jackhammer everything, fatigue kicks in and then they're MIA for a bit. They have to take some time away from work. I've seen that in the government as well. The stress can get to them, especially when Mm -hmm. it's not necessary, when you have other people who could take on more work instead of just funneling everything through to that one person. I think it's just very poor managing in general. So that's something that I think you should learn if you ever want to get into management is don't rely heavily on one or two people when you have a, a fleet of people that you could divvy work to accordingly. And uh, yeah, it just makes for an uncomfortable work environment, unhappy employees, the ones who get all the work and then the ones who don't have anything to do because there's just the one employee doing everything on that team. So I think that's a big one. If you're in that position, just don't drive them crazy because you're giving them all the work. Yeah, I like that one. It's like basically use use all available resources 
or work smart, not hard, like make your life as easy as possible. I can relate to that. Like I have a lot of other examples of that at my work where the good employees will be called upon for like, ah, oh, he, he's working on that machine. He'll, he'll get all the work done. But then like, what if that person goes down or is on vacation, heavy reliance on someone, but until they're not there anymore. And that actually happened. There was an incident at work. I won't go into details, but like someone left a position basically. And then it was like, who's going to catch She was doing the work of two people. Oh my God, crisis. But mm-hmm. a perfect example of that. So that's good. My work too has heavy reliance on overtime, but it's like, what if the people don't want to work the overtime? But that's a whole other debate. But like work, don't work too hard, work smart. That was my next one where it's basically like, sometimes it might think like you need to go, go, go all the time and get everything. Like sometimes it's better to like take a deep breath and see like, oh, if you wait a little more, you'll be able to accomplish the same job, but with less effort, you know? Example, super simple example. And like, instead of, bring emptying the garbage uh, bringing all the garbage bags to the bin like 10 times throughout the day you accumulate them then you just bring them down once that's like the simplest example i can think of when i used to the first position i had there was the custodian or uh building services where i work so i had to do garbages and it's basically like don't 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 walk for nothing you know be smart about your how are you going to dump out the garbage? But then that translates into what I do now, which is like a lot of material management. So be organized. Don't work, don't work hard, work smart. Um, I'm sure you, I mean, that's universal in any work environment, right, Eric? Yeah. Like you see that a lot. Yeah, definitely. And like the work will always get done. It's also mm-hmm. important to not, I mean, it's easy to say there, but like not overstress and overthink these things use people that are on your team to get to the objective that you want and Mm -hmm. drive yourself crazy trying to solve a problem and if you're stuck like ask for help work hard Mm -hmm. smarter not harder for sure and also like along the same lines is there i guess maybe for you it's different there but people who will go like the extra mile all the time and drive themselves. Okay. I guess it kind of ties back to the other point there and drive themselves into a state of overworked when they really don't need to be. There's enough hours in a day to get most jobs done that if you're kind of organized and take breaks as you need to, you can get anything done at work. I want to say 99% of the time. So don't, work extremely hard when it's really not necessary and you'll most likely not even be rewarded for it. Like someone who'll stay past their hours of work, an extra two hours doing unpaid overtime, just grinding away towards um, a project, a PowerPoint, whatever they're doing. Again, it's along the same lines of the sick coming into work when you're sick. Like they're not handing out medals for this stuff. Like take your time for yourself we have the hours to work. If you don't get it done, come back the next day. You'll come back with a fresh perspective, all that stuff. So I yeah. think um, you got to find that balance too of uh, work and personal and don't let work dominate your, your life in general. It's, it's really not worth it unless you absolutely love your job. <laughs> um, I don't think it's worth it. Yeah. Unless you're not like your self-made entrepreneur with your own business. Yeah. Yes. that's different. Absolutely. But I, I was I was that guy, Eric. Like come like I would work at Farm Boy, not even punch in, work an hour, like work an hour and then punch in for my shift just because I, I was a try hard. 
which is my one of them I wrote down, don't be a tryhard. Like, don't be that guy because you're only going to end up being miserable at the end. Exactly. Unless it's your own business. But yeah, I, I see people like that all the time. They think they're, they bleed the office, you know, like they're there all the time. You know, it's their only thing that they have going on in their life, which is kind of sad. You need to shut your brain off from work once you get home. So, but yeah, that's a really good one, Eric. Yeah, and like it instills good work ethic in you for sure if you are putting in the extra mile. Like, I'm not saying don't go above and beyond expectations and what's kind of expected of you at work, but yeah. don't overdo it, right? Like you even said, would you say it was always worth coming in that extra hour of doing unpaid work? Maybe you're getting ahead of what you need to do in during the day and you're organized and ready to take on what you're expected to do in your eight hours of paid time. But after a while, I would think that all compounds and like you said, makes for like you're tired and not really feeling as satisfied because of all the time you've put in for what you got paid for kind of thing. It might, it must lead to some frustration. Absolutely. And it was absolutely not necessary. I was just very, I, I had problems when I was younger where I would think about work the night before, but no, um. Uh, it, all it did was alleviate stress for me, but that was all in my own head anyways. So it, that hour was not necessary at all. I just did it because I was a little OCD and nuts. <laughs> but uh, no, that's a good one. Uh, did you want, I have one more, Eric. Did you want to keep going off your list? I have a bunch more still. Like I've, there's probably some I won't even say honestly there, but I'll say a, a couple that were listener submissions there. Another one was don't listen to music slash videos out loud on your phone at work. Completely agree. That's mm. super obnoxious. And it, it's like, I guess I'm thinking in an office setting, like if you're at your own cubicle, just blaring your own music or watching some like FIFA highlights out loud or watching a, whatever you're watching, a YouTube video, put headphones in. If yeah. you don't have headphones in, that volume better be at a minimum and you better be leaning towards your phone if you're going to do that. Because I think that's kind of disrespectful, honestly. And no one wants to hear that. Who wants to hear a video that they can't even see? If it's music, maybe that could be better if it's like if they're just throwing on some bops. Like you got some, some Travis Scott playing in the background. Fire me up. Let's go. Keep it coming. But I'm saying in general, I think that's a, a no-no and... I agree. That's a good one. I only get a taste of that in the cafeteria. People on their phones, they're on TikTok and you can hear everything or they're watching the highlights from the the Jays game and you can hear everything and that pisses everyone off and like we always stare at them or we turn it even louder on our phones. But I can't imagine working in a cubicle and you can hear for a couple hours like the music or whatever the hell they're doing. Yeah, that must be very annoying. I only get a taste of that again in the lunchroom, so... Well, that's a good one. The last one I have is don't be an ass kisser or a brown noser, like a suck up basically. Nobody likes that. Yes, you can be nice to your manager. You can be cordial and like have good manners. But like we all know who the ass kissers are in the office and it's very annoying. They're vying for promotions. They want to climb up the corporate ladder quickly. Refrain from that, please. It's very like... It's just sad to see where I work. It happens all the time, sadly, because, you know, there people's votes counts for the apprenticeships that our job hands out. And like people are like hard, like 
people going to Timmy's every day, Eric, like buying coffees for all the people, like that hard of ass kissing, you know. Um, but yeah, do you see any of that at the government? You must. Uh, yeah, I mean, not like a full Timmy's run for people. Or I saw it like <laughs> at, when I worked at Boston Pizza, um, the kitchen manager always had an extra large black coffee in his hand and it was always someone buying him one from the timmy's <laughs> around the, at the walmart so mm-hmm. that guy that guy is at an extremely unhealthy <laughs> lifestyle i'll just say i never saw him without a large like an extra large coffee in hand it was insane but i never once bought him a coffee <laughs> so i like Good. to think i'm not an ass kisser honestly like, i won't laugh at people's jokes if i don't find it funny I won't say like, oh, like that was amazing what you did and stuff. Like I'm, if I believe that, I'll say it. But I'm not gonna go out of my way to just pepper someone with compliments because they're in a position above me. Never mm-hmm. have been like that. Never will be. But it is definitely easier. I feel like when you're in a position, and okay, maybe that's exaggerating there because when like like a director, for example, like it's easy to be the funniest person of all time when you're a director. You say something that's kind of funny, everyone's laughing. Oh yeah, like it's, oh, yeah you got people on a string; they'll laugh at whatever. And of course, I get into that as well. For so I just yeah, yeah. said I don't laugh at people's jokes, and I'm saying I do, but it depends. It depends on the venue, honestly. There are out, down, outright comedians up there in the, those high positions. But uh, I think just in general, also, it's good to not be an ass kisser of anybody. Like That's true. Believe in what you're doing and you're doing great in your life. If someone's not giving you compliments, who cares? You don't have to give everyone else a bunch of compliments just for doing something nice, whatever they're doing. Like just, It's uh, something you see for sure. People uh, want to get on the good sides of the managers in any line of work, really. So it's uh, definitely something you, you do see. yeah you want to be liked right like that's how people a lot of people are able to move up is by being liked by the people in positions of authority they're like yeah i like that guy like that girl they're good at their uh their job they're they're friendly to me they laugh at my jokes Eh, they can Mm -hmm. act for me while i'm on vacation kind of thing as long as you're qualified of course there but because if you're not liked too like you're you're not it's very rare that you will move up if you're not liked if you're good at your job they'll maybe want to just keep you in that job and be like a subject matter expert. And if like I being an ass kisser is like a part of a social skill to have, like it is good to be able to flip that switch and say the right things. But I, I do, I, I truly believe in there's a line. Don't cross it because mm-hmm. then you're getting into like kind of like pathetic and, just not having any morals if you're just like agreeing with whatever that person's saying if you don't believe in it you're just because you want them to like you you'll agree kind of thing it's beautiful what you said eric um because i was just going to say that the line like i i've advanced pretty quickly at uh where i work and i i do get along with everybody and the line is is not like like i'm friendly with everybody but like i'm not saying oh, that's awesome to every story they have or like agreeing with everything they say or like sucking up to them. Like that, that to me, that's the line right there. You can be friendly with everybody and like you don't say anything negative, but you don't like go over the top with over-exaggerations and then you're going to come off as like a phony. What you said, Eric, was beautiful. There's a bit of it that is required, but that bit of it is mostly just being friendly. And yeah, sometimes you might not... You're, a person rubs you the wrong way, but you don't have to be negative with them. You can try to approach them and 
you know, give them a chance. But don't go, like, laughing at everyone. If it's not funny, like, you're not, like, cracking up. And and I get it about the big bosses, too. When the big wigs at the Canadian banknote come down to see us underlings working, yes, everybody is very much so laughing and yeah. standing up to attention, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, yeah, that's my that was my last one. I'm sure you got more. It's like my director is Bill Burr, basically, when they... In a speech. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Great, great guy. Um, so there's a few other lister submissions. I'll get those in there as well. There was putting your feet up on someone's desk. So I guess I should have saved that for last. Full circle with the feet. That's offside. <laughs> I've never seen that myself, honestly. Like someone coming into my cubicle and being comfortable enough to put their feet up on my desk is pretty wild i think that's a that's definitely a no-go shoes on or off it doesn't fly i assume you think the same way but what is your take on that matt to me that's a that's like a big no-no i never see it though but i would hate it like that doesn't happen where i work but uh if you're putting your feet on someone's desk it better be your own and that's (laughs) what everyone does that yeah so no Unless you're Bill Burr, you ain't putting your feet on. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any desk. Right. Yeah. Um, the the next two are kind of combined, which would be bringing a smelly fish lunch into work, and using the microwave for a messy lunch and not cleaning up. I'll say I've definitely brought fish into the office before. Not the smartest move. It does naturally smell a little unpleasant. I try to avoid it now. If I do, I'll try to just not heat up the the salmon. But yeah, that's definitely not a move that you should be doing. And then yeah, if you're dirtying the microwave, like obviously clean it up. I know in the office they made this. There's a bit big episode that was centered around that, like clean not cleaning up a microwave and then leaving a note behind saying, "Oh, you should have cleaned up your microwave, your mess, blah blah blah." That becomes a big topic of conversation. Yeah. If you dirty it, I think you have to clean it. It's pretty obvious, but I guess maybe in some places they don't. I don't know. I have no problem with bringing like the smelly, like the food. It's it. The person's got to eat. It's what they made for supper. Maybe who cares? Accept it. But I don't tolerate any poor like cleaning etiquette. Like you need to cover your bowl or plate when you're putting in the microwave, or have put a microwave cover. Like. That needs you can't be leaving messes, and I'm sure that your microwave gets a lot of traffic and usage. The ones that are work too, and people do clean up because they know. Um, because we've all like we try to keep a very clean environment too. So we have literally staff that like all they do all day is go out cleaning, and they have to clean the microwaves. I was one of those guys that used to have to clean them if no one did. So I know like I'm cleaning that shit because I don't want that other guy to do it because I've been in his shoes before. But I have no problem with the food. And then the last one was taking the first piece of cake someone brought without being offered. Definitely a tough one. No one wants to be that first person to go for the cake because of that reason. Generally, we're all just waiting awkwardly like who's going to be the first one to go in. So you do need to have that four person as you would in a jury, for example, who kind of mm-hmm. is the leader to slice up that first piece of beautiful icing <laughs> lathered cake and then start feeding the people. But yeah, I mean, if no one's stepping up, like I'll go in there. I have no issues. If 
we're all just wasting our time here, not going in for the cake. Like we got a limited amount of time at lunch here. Like, let's go. Let's get the ball rolling here. Yeah, I would have no problem being the first one. I'm usually the first one in the Timbits uh, container, but nice. <laughs> um, no, I don't have a lot of experience with like cake or like a big shared thing in the lunchroom, so I can't really say too too much there. But like, I'm I'm known. I am a known eater at work. Like people know I eat a lot and. I eat almost anything, so like they wouldn't be surprised if they saw me diving in for the first piece. Someone has to, right? Someone's got to get the ball right. rolling. The double chocolate Timbit rolling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, so that was it. Solid list, Matt. It was fun to go through that. Like, there's so much other stuff too we could think of and probably miss. Other people oh, yeah. have submitted stuff. Like, there's so much that you can go through. Like, I have a ton of stories I could have just ripped on here, but I'm not trying to name mm -hmm. names. And, uh, you know, anonymity is key. That's why, again, I didn't name any names to the listeners. Thank you all for your submissions. Appreciate yeah. it. Appreciate you. And uh, they're all very good. Good stuff. Yeah. And you uh, you worked, re yeah, I mean, you worked at Boston Pizza. I worked at Farm Boy. We could have done a whole retail restaurant industry work etiquette. That would have filled up a whole section of time. So... Yeah, it's good that we just stuck with what we're doing now, and maybe in the future, who knows? There will be stories maybe down the future, down the road in the future. So, yeah, um, yeah you know, for sure. There's a ton of stuff. Like I've, the retail, like as in a salesman in like a, a clothing store or whatever, is the only area I've not not worked in really before I got my job in the government there. But yeah, no, okay. In construction and in. Uh, the kitchen at Boston Pizza. Like, there's a lot. And I also mm -hmm. worked as a kind of a waiter and um, dishwasher at a retirement home as well. That was my first job. That's right. Definitely a lot of stuff that went down there as well. Some sketchy etiquette on my part that led to me getting fired on my birthday. But we don't need to get into that. I remember. I've told, I've told that story a bunch of times. So. You've told it on the show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Same with that Eric story in construction. I remember you telling that one. That was... <laughs> not funny a little sketchy yeah oh man scared for my life but yeah no that was good stuff matt want to rip some recommendations of stuff yeah. that's been uh going on for sure okay i'll go with my first one right away which is actually a tv show that i just pretty much binged in the last week and i alluded to earlier in my cake talking discussion which would be amazon prime's jury duty have you heard of this show mm. matt I have. I have heard of it. I know exactly what it is. Yeah. I'll just give a quick breakdown for the listeners. It's from the creators of The Office, or some of them anyways. And the premise of the show is it's a documentary style show like The Office where characters have their interviews talking to the camera. And they're all members that are selected to be part of a jury. So for jury duty, a case in a courtroom. And the twist with this show is that Every single person involved in the production is an actor, except for the main character, who I'm not really sure how he ended up being a part of this production. He was probably thought he got called for jury duty, mm -hmm. and he is not an actor. So there are cameras set everywhere, and it also it is also made clear that he's participating in a documentary for jury, the, what life is like as a member of a jury. And mm -hmm. he's pr going about this thinking that everyone around him are just regular people and they're just participating in this documentary as well, but they're all trained actors. And uh, it was very enjoyable, honestly. Like, it had a lot of like really funny moments, but was consistently like, okay, like that was solid. Like I liked that moment. Like it was like a nice chuckle 
good good feel good show to watch as well i would say like okay. not as funny as the office like let's just pump expectations on that definitely not but a very fun easy watch definitely recommend it was a good time excellent yeah i uh, one of the podcasts i listened to talked about it for like a good 10 minutes and i was instantly interested they talked about like the setup and they mentioned a couple more scenes so like now hearing you talk about it having finished the show that i'm going to talk about next now i'm looking for a show to watch so that might be a quick like what is it eight ten episodes eric eight episodes and they're all like under yeah, half perfect. an hour long too oh perfect so that might be the next one i rip out um, good recommendation. I finished Black Mirror season six. Okay. I've finally done all of Black Mirror, my month long quests, a month, like many months. Season six was very solid okay, contender nice. for end of the year show. Had some really, really two episodes in particular, like hit me to the core. One of them's with Aaron Paul and Josh Hartnett, and it's an hour and 20 minutes long. That's all I'm going to say. It's like movie length episode. It's phenomenal. Josh Hartnett and Aaron Paul are phenomenal in it. And there's another like horror-esque episode too. It's really good. Um, I enjoyed Black Mirror the last season. Two of the episodes were a little on the weak side, but the three other ones are really strong. Okay, right on. That's what you get with anthologies though, right? So um, I recommend it. Yeah, and that's the show I've been watching. Um, actually... You mentioned Jury Duty, but I still got to watch The Bear because I know you talked oh, yeah. about that last last couple times or two times. Two, yeah. Um, but that's it for me for TV. Do you want me to jump? I'll jump into a movie I watched. Sure, yeah. uh, I watched this the other week. It's a comedy. I'm not a comedy guy. Okay, listen, I struggle with this. I've only seen Step Brothers like twice or once. Admittedly, only like one and a half times. Uh, but this isn't about stepbrothers. This is about me saying I don't watch a lot of comedies. This movie came out with Jennifer Lawrence called mm. No Hard Feelings, nice. rated R comedy. That was like the big like hook for me was like, oh, Jennifer Lawrence, she's like, she wanted to do a rated R comedy. It's like a lost genre. Was a little revived with The Hangover, but like really a dead genre. Um, Neighbors was also funny though. That's a good rated R comedy. 22 Jump Street. But those are also old, like 20, 2009, yeah, 20. 2011. Like that's a, yeah. we're years past True. that. Anyways, go on. True. So this movie comes out, super simple premise. Jennifer Lawrence is hired by the parents of this introvert to like break him out of his shell, date him, even sleep with him. We'll give you this car if you do this. Like it's a really a, like weird, like she's trying to like get him going. He's a super nerdy guy. Kind of like a Big Bang Theory cast member. Um, but anyway, the movie is good. It's a good comedy, but it suffers. This is why I don't watch comedies. Every comedy turns into more like a hard hit feeling movie near the end. It has to change its atmosphere a little bit from like visual gags and laugh out loud moments to more like serious stuff. And maybe that's why I don't watch a lot of comedies or I stick to like ones that are just like the top, the very best. Cause this one was predictable and you knew where it was going. But that said, the jokes hit hard. Like, they hit home with me. And Jennifer Lawrence is great as always. So I recommend it for those reasons. And it's raunchy. There's a lot of sex talk. It's a rated R comedy. It's going to have that stuff. But yeah, no hard feelings. Probably still in the theater. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I liked it. Let me guess. By the end, she actually does develop feelings for him, and then they end up together. I'm not gonna I mean, say. I'm just guessing here. Like, I have not seen this movie. I have no idea if they're actually gonna end up together out of true feelings. Yeah. But 
Anyways, who's to say what happens? <laughs> no, I've, I've actually heard yeah. good things about it too. Me, I saw the trailer for the first time. Like, this looks horrible. I thought this was going to be a brutal movie, but I've only heard good things. So I'm. it's definitely on the list. I don't know if I'm going to go see it in theaters, but I do want to catch it before the year is done to see if it makes my list as well. So good stuff. I'm a, you love to see that comedy's kind of making a comeback. I've heard it from a lot of people that have been some good comedies this year. I don't mm-hmm. think I've seen any of them myself, the 2023 releases, but apparently theater camp is pretty good too. I think that's PG 13, but apparently that's a fun, good comedy. So there's others out there that are coming up and uh, you love to see it. I'll do a reverse recommendation actually. So steer clear from this unless well, actually Matt, you might actually enjoy this. I'll just say now, but for me, it's Unhinged. just, it's just not, not doing it for me, which would be okay. something I was excited to read actually. Um, Ooh. this director's first book, Quentin Tarantino's cinema speculation, this book that he wrote, it basically is him giving his opinions on these movies from the sixties and seventies, analyzing them and maybe sharing a few behind the scenes stories about how certain directors met and where ideas came from. I'm finding this to be a fucking slog to get through. Like this is actually brutal to read for me. You'll go into extreme minute detail (laughs) about how, Oh, Owen McGreedy who plays the character Lars Mardson directed in the movie old folk by James Blake, who also Uh. directed movies like Bear, The Fridge, and uh, Cheese, and who co-stars alongside Lara Nicole, who plays the character of Megan Train. Like, you know what I mean? He goes into these extreme... Naming the actor's character's name, who directed it, who the writer is. Like, he's just going into this... Like, like I'm doing right now. This must be brutal to listen to. But I'm just saying it's really not doing it for me. I rented it from the library and it was actually due yesterday. I got this notification that the it was renewed for me automatically. So I have it for another three weeks. I don't know if I'm going to give it another shot or not. Honestly, I might, but it, it's been a, a grind to get through. I'm like 120 pages in and it, it's, it's tough for me because I haven't seen these movies too. And that's why I said for you, Matt, maybe you'd be interested in it. Because you will yeah. might have seen some of these movies he's talking about. And then finding out background on it could be interesting. But for me, like I was hoping for more stories from his own movies and his sets. Mm. How he got to casting actors and right. all that. Like To me, that's way more interesting. But I understand there is a market out there for it. So, hey, if the rundown I just gave about cinema speculation is interesting to you, perfect. I'm just saying for anyone who maybe thought it would be what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, don't read it. <laughs> I'll just say that. Actually, that does interest me hearing what it's about now. Here's a th- the thing about Tarantino is like, I always think I know a lot about movies. Then I hear this man talk on a podcast or in an interview. And I'm like, I know shit. I know like 1% of what he knows. So it might even go over my head. It probably will actually. But I know he loves his old movies. I listened to him talk about 50s British crime movies once for an hour. And I was like, holy shit, I don't even know any of these movies. And he's talking about them like he's talking about us talking about Pulp Fiction or Reservoir Dogs. Like, he's so familiar with everything. And he doesn't, he probably doesn't get why everyone's not as enthusiastic like him. Like, he's like, he, you think, 
I am always told I like everything. Like I'm not, but he's the same. But times a hundred, he devours movies and he sees the good in everything too. So I can just see him geeking out over these movies, and you're like, oh, okay. But no, I'm curious actually. I might have to check that out, Eric. Actually, you can let me know what you think because, in my opinion, it would be better if he didn't go on and on about these actors and the name of the characters that they play and the roles they've played before. I think he gets long-winded in how he writes yeah. his sentences. They're like paragraphs yeah. long of just him listing off actors and directors' filmography. Like you're, I'm forgetting what the sentence was even about. I'm not even joking. Yeah. Like it's. They're very long, and he has a great writing style. Like he is, there are a few times that I laughed. Like I thought it was funny what he was saying when he's giving personal anecdotes of his experience in the theater and laughing out loud, and like people yelling at the movie they're at, and like swearing, saying like, "Oh, this movie sucks" and all that. Like it was very funny at times, but it's when he goes down those rabbit holes and those tangents mm -hmm. that I think it it hurts. That's cool though. I'll have to check that out just out of curiosity. I watched another comedy, actually, because guess what? Comedy is the most, like, agreeable genre, like, if everyone sits down and what are we watching? Because, sadly, no one wants to watch a horror with me. Uh, no. This comedy's on Netflix, just came out. It's called The Lost City. Okay. It's with Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt, Daniel Radcliffe. Uh, we just threw this on one night because... Uh, Mackenzie, my girlfriend, had a friend over and we were all drinking. We needed something where we don't have to pay attention. Like, we don't have to think too hard. This is the perfect movie for that, for this. Sandra Bullock, she never misses, in my opinion. Like, I haven't seen her floss, but, like, she's solid in this movie. She's Sandra Bullock. And um, Channing Tatum's actually pretty good. And Daniel Radcliffe, as the villain, is great. He's a really good actor. Um, this is like a... If you've seen the movie with Michael Douglas romancing the stone, like it's about a writer who gets involved into like stuff from her books and it ties into the plot that the bad guy wants. It's kind of like Indiana Jones meets, it's an adventure movie, action comedy movie. Um, super simple movie, Eric. I, I shouldn't even explain it. You get it within the first two minutes, what's going on. Very fluff, like very, like a cute little funny movie it's not gonna break any records win any awards but like if you need if you need something to throw on you know with a crowd when you're drinking when you're having fun eating snacks perfect movie for this i had a i really enjoyed myself with this movie um anyone can watch it all ages it's not too like not rated r or anything but uh the lost city on netflix now if netflix if this is what they're gonna give us every week with their new content I'd be a little worried. This isn't what I want to see every week from Netflix, right? I want some, like, more groundbreaking things. But it's a good little, like, a Friday night movie, The Lost City. Well, wasn't that a movie that went out to theaters? I think it was. Oh, I had no idea. Okay. Yeah, I don't think There you go. I don't really know. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. But, um, no, I've definitely heard of it. I, yeah, it for sure went to theaters. I remember it was something okay. that was, like, the previews were shown in theaters and all that. But uh, right on, like, those are good movies to have right on, like, a nice chill night where your primary focus isn't just being 100% focused on a movie and it's in the yeah. background, but, like, you can still follow along and have a good time with it. Like, you need those movies for sure. If yeah. uh, if ever you do want someone to see a horror movie with you, Matt, you know, whenever Maxine is released, I'm 100% down to yes. go see it with you. Because Let's I was actually going to surprise you with this and say on the pod that I watched X and <laughs> Pearl 
but you know, I'm in the I'm in the re- movie reviewing game, so I had to put my thoughts down right away. So I watched both those movies that, if you'll recall, were on Matt's top five movies of 2022 list. I believe number two and three, and uh, both horror movies. I can't say I recommend these to everybody. Definitely <laughs> weird movies. Like there are moments in X specifically that were extremely uncomfortable. And I'm actually, I'm not recommending these. I'm not recommending them to everybody, but I like them a lot. I thought they were both great movies. I had heard that X was better than Pearl. So I went into Pearl like, all right, like I liked X a lot. Hopefully Pearl's good, but I I love Pearl. Like it's tough to say which Mm -hmm. one I like more, honestly, probably slight edge to X, but um, very good. Like you gave the rundown Matt last time, like Mia Goth, I'd never seen her in anything before. She killed it literally and was uh, very yeah. <laughs> captivating on the screen i was a big fan of hers uh, kid cuddy my guy killing it <laughs> it's jackson yeah. and I, I love this style like the the way those two movies are filmed very old school like 1920s 1970s esque like both movies are set in the 70s and uh, late 1910s for pearl but yeah no when maxine so the third movie in that series comes out Hundred percent down to go see it in theaters with you. Sweet, let's do it. Okay, perfect. I think that's gonna be next year, though. I don't think it's this year. I think it's still in production. But uh, no, very enjoyable horror movies. Like I, and those were both movies that I would have enjoyed to see where the stories go if there were no slasher elements to them. I, I was interested in both both stories. True. But I still found it entertaining when you had all the kills at the end. So. They're on Prime Video. Like if if you like horror movies, I'll just say this: watch uh, both X and Pearl. If you yeah. don't like horror movies, definitely not. I would say, definitely X. No, like X was some weird stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Both are uh, like good examples of why horrors like horror's been doing really good in the last ten years, and those two movies like are perfect examples. Do you a quick question, Eric? Do you um, do you think watching Pearl before X would like heighten X's? Would you have liked X even more, like having the backstory, or does it doesn't make a difference the order you watch them? So the thing is that I would not have known that Mia Goth played Pearl in X if you hadn't said that. Spoiler alert! But Matt mm-hmm. spoiled it anyway, so I'll, I'll yeah. say now. I was looking at her, I'm like, is it going to be made clear at some point that it's her playing her? But it, it, for me, it wasn't, honestly. Like, I, I did not okay. see that striking similarity to Mia Goth in the character she was playing. And no, actually, I liked watching Pearl more after X because I'd watched them like pretty much two, I, two nights back to back or whatever. Uh, okay. And I remembered things that she said. Like I knew with Pearl, I kind of knew where stuff was going to though, because I remember like in X, she says like, I told you, I don't like blondes. I'm like, all right, this chick's dead. <laughs> like right away. I knew, <laughs> I knew some things that were going to happen based on having seen X. And I think because I watched them like that back to back, it made for a more enjoyable watch in that. I, I remembered what things were from the previous one. Whereas if I'd seen see. X or Pearl for the first time before X, like, I don't know. Um, maybe it would have been a reverse situation. I'm like, oh, okay, this is referenced in Pearl kind of thing. I feel like it works both ways. Uh, yeah, I saw on Letterboxd you watched them and I was so happy. A little tear came down my eye. No. Uh, I like reading your reviews actually a lot, but it does spoil what you're going to talk about on the show, but the audience doesn't know what you're going to talk about. So it's all good. Uh, yeah, that's, I'll just say quickly. That's where it's like, I'm, it's a dilemma with me in that like, I can never really surprise you with movies cause you'll know what my 
thoughts are if you mm-hmm. read my review before we get to do the pod. But I do enjoy right. writing reviews when it's fresh in my mind, so that's why I do it that way. And I can still talk about it on the pod, but I just won't be surprising you. I did listen for music recommendations. Uh, I did listen to Utopia, Travis Scott. Really dug it, actually. Um, I'm going to have to re-listen to it. I Because it's, it's not a... Um, it's not a short one, if I remember. Like, I did it while doing yard work, and it all blended into one. I like when I do that, actually. I, I'm When I'm busy, I listen to an album, and it all blends into, like, one long piece for me. And it, it was kind of soothing, actually. It was good. Um, the other album, though, we've already talked about, I'm pretty sure. But, like, I've listened to this, like, 10, 15 times now. Because I do it when I do my workout. I'll listen to the whole album. But it's Nas's Magic 2. Like... Yeah. I like I know all the songs now like it's that one's super high recommendation for everyone. Um man's just killing it. I love his lyrics. It's insane like just what he talks about in his songs. It's it's going to be hard to t- to it's going to be hard for that album to stay off my top 10. But a high recommendation for that for music. Um yeah. Yeah, definitely a great one. I'll throw in another music too. Like there's been actually like three albums that dropped today which I quite enjoyed. Right. But I'll go with one that may be lesser known, just so like raise some awareness to it. It's called The Patience by Mick Jenkins, who's a rapper that I've been a fan of for years, actually. He never really blew up or anything, like not a mainstream artist at all. But a very good album, like introspective lyrics. Like he's known for his strong lyrics lyrics. And I love the beats that he chose for this. It's a pretty short album, like just under 30 minutes, good features, a lot of artists I like a lot on there. So I would recommend that. The Patience, Mick Jenkins, good stuff. Awesome. I'm going to download it. I, I I saw what came out today, but that, that one didn't pop out. So perfect. And I wouldn't have thought that it would have because, like I said, he's kind of an unknown in mainstream rap, but is quite known in like a more underground scene or whoever mm. follow like the lyrical artists. Who are, um, yeah, I'd say he's kind of in between underground and mainstream. Sweet. Thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have much else. I've been watching a lot of old movies too, but like, I don't need to recommend everything I watch. Planet of the Apes I'm trilogy. Good for now. Check that out again. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, reading all your reviews again, I'm like, ah, and I have the first two, I think. Like, I can watch them. And, yeah, I, you talk and you reading your reviews on them wanted made me want to rewatch them. Just like getting chills from the moments you're oh. describing in the movie. And anyways, yeah, we need to. We might have to do a retrospective show. I rewatch and then we like talk now. Then we like but, dissect them. And a way to talk about the Planet of the Apes movies though would be when the next one comes out, right? Like there is a fourth yes. movie, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, so that's right. scheduled for next year. So I would love to talk about Perfect. those movies. And then Let's it'd be spaced out too. I'm sure people are sick of hearing me talk about Caesar. <laughs> like the last three episodes, or yeah, pretty much he's been brought up, but he, he is the goat. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Since our sequel episode. Yeah, so like yeah. four episodes yeah. of this. But yeah, no, I'd yeah. Wa- they're all on Disney+. Plus. I'd say, if you haven't seen the Planet of the Apes trilogy, check them out. They're so good. Yeah. Nice. So that'd be it for me as well. Um, yeah, man. Sweet. Great convo as per usual. Any final notes for the listeners, Matt? Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. It was a little different. 
hopefully more relatable too. Like it's not about movies you haven't watched. It's something that you've, I guarantee someone has experienced one of these before. Um, so yeah, thanks for listening. Hope you're having a great summer so far and everything's good. Well said, Matt. Thanks a lot, everybody for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two Mondays. Continue to enjoy your summer. Love you all. And yeah, peace.